Hi, this is Abigail Jacobs. Thanks for coming back to my podcast, Adventures with Abigail, and this is episode 7. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about revival and what we can expect in the future of America. So as I'm sure all of you are aware, there is a lot of chaos and a lot of tension and division happening in America right now. And for even those of you who are my listeners from other countries, I'm sure you have heard about everything going on with George Floyd. Um, George Floyd was a black man who was killed by a white police officer. Um, if you've seen anything on social media about um, any, yeah, just a black man being killed by a white police officer or... Um, I can't breathe. That's a quote from George Floyd from just before he died. Um, And it is affecting everything here. At least in my city. I live in St. Louis. I live about 30 minutes away from Ferguson. Ferguson, Missouri is where Michael Brown was shot in 2011. Um, So there's still a lot of um, deep roots and pain in our city um and a lot of a lot of tension i was debating making this podcast or not um this is a very very touchy subject and i don't always like to talk about touchy subjects um not necessarily for fear of offending somebody yes i don't want to offend anybody um but more so just because I don't want to start things, but this is something that I felt like I needed to talk about. So I'm making a podcast about it for those of you who listen to me. Um, this will definitely be an unconventional episode, but since when do I have conventional episodes? <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess I'll give a little bit of background with what happened with George Floyd. Although I assume most of you have heard about it or seen the video or, you know, seen something on social media. But basically, yeah, George Floyd was a young black man. He was unarmed and did not have anything with him that could harm the police officer. Um, But then he was detained by, I think, three or four cops. The one that ended up killing him was a, a white man. But several of the cops around him were Asian men. Um, And as he was being detained, the officer, instead of putting his knee on George's back, put his knee on George's neck, which cut off his airflow. And ultimately, George suffocated to death. Um, And this, this particular death has been an outrage for multiple reasons. Um, One, George Floyd was completely unarmed. Um, And two, the officer was detaining him wrong. Officers are taught before they become police officers, like in their academy, they're taught that when they detain somebody, their knee goes on the person's back, you know, like in between their shoulder blades. So this officer was deliberately putting his knee on George Floyd's neck, and George Floyd said multiple times that he could not breathe, um, and the officer still continued to 
pushed down over George's airways and um, ultimately somebody died because of it. Um, and if you have not seen the video, I'm not going to advocate for you to watch it. That's up to you. Um, that's your own personal decision. I have seen the video and I, um, I cannot say that I'm glad that I watched it, but it helped me to put things into a more real perspective. Um, there was a woman who was watching everything go down with George and the police, and she videotaped the entire thing. And there's a video circulating around every news and media outlet right now um, that this woman took of George Floyd being killed. And it is so horrifying and so horrible to watch um it it's a little too real and it's definitely something that as you're watching it you get very uncomfortable and it gives you the chills it makes you want to cry it makes you angry it makes you feel many many emotions um and for me personally it makes me have a strong sense of just injustice and just how wrong and how evil our world can be at times. Um, so I want this podcast to be a message of hope, um, but I also don't want to take away from any of the realness or the rawness of my podcast. Um, so, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the Azusa Street Revival. I'm not sure how many of you will be familiar with the Azusa Street Revival. So I'll give you a little history lesson. The Azusa Street Revival happened in 1906 in Los Angeles on a street called Azusa Street. Um, it was led by a man named William J. Seymour. He was an African-American preacher, and basically he felt like God told him to just start a prayer meeting in Azusa Street. It was on April 18th, I believe, or maybe April 19th, um, and he just felt like God told him to start, start a prayer meeting. So he started a prayer meeting and it was a 24-hour um, type prayer meeting. If any of you guys are familiar with IHOP, J-HOP, G-HOP, you know, houses of prayer, um, this is where they got their idea of having 24-7 worship and prayer going on inside of a, a prayer room, constantly having, you know, having constant prayer meeting. Um, so... George basically started a 24-7 prayer meeting, and it lasted for eight years. Eight years, they had no interruptions. There was constantly worship and prayer happening at some, like, somebody was constantly leading worship and prayer in a prayer room on Azusa Street. Um, but technically, 
if you consider IHOP um, to be a part of the Azusa Street Revival, the Azusa Street Revival has been going on for 116, 26 years, um, something like that. 24 years, 124 years, maybe. Um, but yeah, so the Azusa Street Revival is one of America's like biggest historical moments for Christianity. And it's definitely one of America's largest revivals. Um, more modern for us, for those of us that are alive now. And I don't think anybody listening to this podcast was alive in 1906. Um, for more modern revivals, that would be the send or the call. Um, and yeah, the Azusa Street Revival changed a lot, especially for the Pentecostal church. Um, the Pentecostal church was founded in 1901, I believe. So it had been around for like five years before the Azusa Street Revival, but in the Azusa Street Revival, that's really when the Pentecostal church really, really boomed and grew. Um, because what happened in the Azusa Street Revival was just people getting hit with the Holy Spirit left and right. People seeing miracles, healings, speaking in tongues, um, just like God was hitting them. And one of the hugest, hugest characterizations of the Azusa Street Revival was that there was no racism. Nobody cared about, like, who was there. Black, white, male, female. It didn't matter who was there. It just mattered that we were all in the body of Christ worshiping and praying together. Um, and, yeah, I would have loved to have been alive for that. That sounds, it sounds incredible. Um, but often in history, even with other revivals, there have been many other revivals. You know, we have the Welsh revival, um, the revival of like, how I think like the 1850s or something. There was a revival that happened in basically the woods um, where a bunch of preachers um, just kind of like set up tents in the woods. You know, we have the Red Riders, things like that. All of those revivals, the Azusa Street Revival included, have had major devastating events that happen leading up to their revival. It's kind of like people just, they, they get worse and worse and worse and worse and people lose hope and lose hope and lose hope. And then finally they have nothing left to turn to except for God. And then whenever they turn to God, God shows up in crazy ways. So we have the Azusa Street Revival happening in 1906 in California. What else happened in 1906 in California, you might ask? That would be the San Francisco earthquake. The earthquake that literally killed thousands of people and, like, co cost, cost California alone, just California, it cost them $350 million in damages to buildings and things like that. Um... Yeah, so 1906 was an important year in history. Um, also, leading up to 1906, in 1901, we had the death of Queen Victoria, and that triggered basically the end of the British reign. Um, 
you know, that the death of Queen Victoria was the last piece that kind of caused England to not be a world power anymore. Um, so we have these devastating things that are leading up to the Azusa Street Revival. And finally, people are so devastated and so hopeless that they have nowhere else to turn to besides God. And that's when God makes his move and changes everything. Um, so now we're going to go back to William J. Seymour. And I'll talk a little bit about him. Um, he was born in 1870. And then he died in 1922. So he died fairly soon after the revival. Um, and he was like middle-aged when it happened. Um, not, not a super, super young guy, but also not old. Um, and basically he just let God lead him. He just, yeah, he wasn't like a super, um, rich man, wasn't a very big man. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty plain guy, honestly, and just felt like God was speaking to him, and he obeyed and listened and didn't, didn't fight with him, um, and he was a very influential and incredible man, um, if you want to learn more about him, you can go on to IHOP's, um, IHOP's website, they have, like, a whole thing about him, William J. Seymour, um, quotes from him and stuff like that, but, yeah, I guess I want to compare a little bit to what's going on in our world right now. So, right now, we have coronavirus. Let's, okay, let's do just this year, major events in 2020. Let's see. I'm going to go to Wikipedia and I'm going to read off some major events just in 2020 because crazy things have happened this year. Like things that have not happened in history before have happened this year. So literally the second day of 2020, January 2nd, um, Australia just declares a state of emergency because they're on fire. Um, then the third day of 2020, the U.S. sends a drone strike to Baghdad airport and kills Soleimani. This triggers a whole, a whole heck ton of problems and scares and basically throws America and Iran into a Cold War type situation. And then January 7th, Soleimani's funeral, 56 people are killed, 200 people are injured, and buildings are on fire because there's just outrage that we killed um, the general, the Iranian general. And then, yeah, so everything in January is just going crazy with America and Iran Australia is still on fire, 
and things are going crazy. Um, let's get out of January. February, Trump is, um, uh, he, Trump acquits two articles, wait, no, wait, what is this? The U.S. Senate acquits U.S. President Trump on articles of impeachment. So, he's still our president, so the impeachment did not go through with, but they tried to impeach him. And then, February 11th, come the World World Health Organization decides that COVID-19 is a pandemic and we have a new pandemic. Um, And then let's see. February 27th, the stock market crashed. Um, And... Basically, like, the world is starting to go into quarantine. Then we go on to March. Um, the pandemic is still happening. Finally, Australia is fine, or hopefully fine, because we're really, really focused on COVID and everything going on. Um, and all the countries start to go into lockdown. Everything is on lockdown. Everything is COVID-19. And things are crazy. Um, and then we get to April. Death death rates are rising. Um, everything is bad in the whole world. And I'm looking at this, um, this Wikipedia timeline. And literally, like, they wrote COVID-19 every other word. It's crazy. So we have a lot of things going on in our world right now. Um, And now, finally, we have the death of George Floyd. And, um, like, national uprising. On Sunday night, there was over 130 riots in cities. Or, like, 130 cities across America had riots in them on Sunday night. Or maybe it was Saturday night. Um, And that's not just like peaceful protests of people quietly standing with signs. That's people with guns, or not guns, people with bricks and, you know, police tear gassing the riots and people throwing firecrackers at the police and, you know, like violent protests. So... What am I saying? Before the Azusa Street Revival, basically San Francisco was decimated. You know, like, it's a miracle that that city is such a big city now um, because it was just destroyed by that earthquake. And also, in the early 1900s, there was a lot of... um, tension around the entire world, you know, who's going to be the next world power after Britain, and of course we have World War One happening in, like, 1912, so that's just a few years later, um, so the world was at odds at 1906, and again, in 2020, the world is at odds, 
And I think the question shouldn't be, how are we going to save ourselves? You know, we can't save ourselves. We, as human beings, can do nothing. There's nothing we can do to change this. The world's on a downward incline, and the only thing that will change it is God. That's the bottom line. The only person who can save us is God. The only person who can change the world and the trajectory of the world is God. And so, are we going to stay in our homes and be scared and stock up on our long-lasting food so that when the apocalypse comes, we can just hole up inside our houses? Or are we going to be active? Are we going to pray, put our feet on the ground and pray? It's very, very important where you are when you pray. Like, yes, praying changes things, but you can't, you can't pray in your house and expect to change the atmosphere downtown. If you want to change the atmosphere downtown, go downtown and put your feet on that ground. Bring Jesus into that place. Because as Christians, if you're a born-again Christian, you have the Holy Spirit within you. You carry Jesus with you when you go into different situations. And when you go into those violent riots, when you go into those, those protests and you start to pray, you can shift the atmosphere. If you ask God to come down and change the, the, the presence, things will start to change. Um, a few nights ago, my dad um, and I and my mom went to Ferguson, which was where Michael Brown was shot, and we just prayed for like an hour, um, just silently. We put tape over our mouths and p- prayed completely silently that God would bring healing, that he would bring unity, that he would bring peace and revival and restoration and reconciliation into our city. And the atmosphere was different. Let me tell you, the atmosphere was so different. But then once we left and we didn't have, we didn't, we weren't carrying that peace with us in that place anymore, violent protesters came in. But they didn't come in until we left. So if you go into a situation and you bring peace and you bring calmness and you bring Jesus into that situation, you will change it. You will change it so much, let me tell you. So now is not the time for us to be quiet and just ignore things because they make us uncomfortable. That's why I chose to make this podcast today. I was going to ignore it because it makes me uncomfortable. But now is not the time to ignore the things that are going on in our world. Now is not the time to be silent. Now is not the time to be afraid of offending people. So let's not speak out about it at all. By not choosing to pick a side, you're picking a side. So choose. The Bible says that God does not want us to be lukewarm. He either wants us hot or cold. If we're lukewarm, he'll spit us out. So don't be lukewarm, guys. Either be all in or all out. You can't have it both ways. The world does not work like that. And (laughs) neither does God. He doesn't want us to be half in, half out. You know, either put both feet in the boat or get out. Because if you stand with one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat, you're going to fall in the water.
Revival is coming, guys. Let me tell you. I... I've been praying for revival since I was 14 or 15 years old. Asking God to just change my country, change my city, change my home even. Um, I have a pair of shoes where I w wrote the word revival on the side of them. I call them my revival shoes. And every time I wear them, I pray that every single place that I step, that God would bring revival to those places that I've walked. And I've walked all over the country in those shoes, guys. I've walked, I've walked in different countries in those shoes. And I, every time I wear them, I pray that God would touch the land that I'm stepping on. Because even though it's physical land, it has a spiritual significance, guys. And that's why it's important to get our feet on the ground, get our feet at those sites, you know, at those places where there's a lot of tension, where there's a lot of spiritual warfare, because spiritual and physical realms, they, they're different, but they still connect. And so physical locations have a spiritual significance, guys. In Ephesians 5 verse 14, NIV, it says, this is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And then we have a bunch of other versions, just wake up, oh you sleepers, rise up from the dead, Christ will give you light. Wake up, you sleepers, arise from the dead, Christ is going to come soon. Guys, it's time to get out of our beds. It's time to get out of our shells. It's time to get out of our little comfort zones. And it's time to be radical, guys. And I'm not saying take to the streets and bash in the windows of the police station. No, don't do that. Take to the streets and pray. Take to the streets and evangelize. Take to the streets and bring Jesus with you guys. It's time. We cannot sit idly any longer. I cannot sit idly any longer. Something must be done. Our world must be changed. Esther 4 verse 14 says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but you could have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Guys, I often ask myself, why was I born in 2001? I could have been born in 1801. I could have born been born in 1501. I could have been born before Jesus. Why was I born in 2001? And then when I ask myself that question, God always reminds me of that verse in Esther. I was born for such a time as this. Guys, if you're listening to my podcast, you're alive in this era, in this decade. That means you were born for such a time as this. Our lives are not accidents, guys. Our timelines are not accidents. We were put at the exact place where we are right now, at this exact time right now, for a reason. God orchestrates things a lot more than we think he does, guys. My life is proof of that. Almost every single day, 
I'm talking to God and something, he'll say something or something will happen in my life. And I'm like, wow, Lord, you orchestrate things more than I realize. He sets everything up with a purpose and with a plan, guys. And we are alive at this specific moment for a reason. So let's not sit idly. Let's use that. Esther said that, well, I guess Esther is not speaking in that verse. It's somebody else. But in that verse in Esther, she's saying that if you remain silent, you will perish. Let's not remain silent, guys. Let's use what we were given. In Ezekiel 37, we have a vision that Ezekiel got from the Lord. And it's not too long, so I'll read it to you guys. This vision is crazy. It's the one with the dry bones. So in verse 1, he says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the boys, the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up to their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, Prophesy to them and say, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. O oh, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord, and I will open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. So that's not that's not the whole entire chapter. Um, there's more, and if you want to read it, again, it's Ezekiel 37. Um, but I think you guys get the gist. Ezekiel sees a valley full of dry bones. Dead people, basically. Um... And God speaks to him to use his voice and speak life back into those dry bones. And Ezekiel does. And I, first off, I think it's incredible. 
I think it's, I mean, it's just a vision. It's not actually what happened. But I think it's so cool that he got to see, like, literally bones come back to life and, like, make people. I think that's so cool. Um, but more importantly, I want to focus on a few different, a few different verses. Um, in verse 10, he says, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. I like to think that I'm a part of God's vast army. Um, I, yeah, guys, it's just so incredible. I, I have no words. I, yeah, let's go to verse 11. Verse 11, he says, then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. So let's replace that, the whole house of Israel, with the church. Son of man, these bones are the church. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Many, many people feel as if their hope is gone, feel as if they are cut off from God. I, at some points in my life, have felt as if my hope is gone. I have felt as if I was cut off from God, as if he can't hear me and I can't hear him. It's a real feeling, and it's a valid feeling. Even Ezekiel felt it, I'm sure, sometimes. But then we go on to verse 12. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. O my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and you bring you up from them. Guys, there's no need to be hopeless. There's no need to feel as if we're cut off or as if our bones are dried up. This, in verse 12, he says that he's going to break down the barriers, open up the graves, bring us back to the land of the living. Guys, when we feel desperate, when we feel in despair, when we feel like there is no hope at all, that's when God makes his move. And right now, we're in a day and an age where many, many people feel as if there's no hope, that nothing can change, that there's nothing good that will happen, no future for us. And I, I, I know that me and many, many other Christians have a sense that God wants to do something great. He wants to do something incredible in our country, in the whole world. Guys, revival is coming. The question is, are we going to prepare our hearts for it or not? I think it's in Matthew somewhere that Jesus talks about that parable of the two farmers. One, Both of them are told that rain is coming. 
They've been in a drought for a very long time, and both of them hear God tell them that rain is coming. One of them goes out and prepares his field for the rain. He gets ready, and one of them just sits at home and does nothing. Which one of those farmers has a better crop that year? It's the one that went out and prepared his fields. The one that listened and had faith for the rain, and he took action in his faith. So guys, are you going to prepare yourselves for revival? Are you going to seek God? Are you going to pray and fast? Are you going to prepare your hearts for the things that God wants to do? Or are you going to sit at your homes and do nothing? Watching Netflix, looking at Instagram all day, literally finding any excuse to do anything besides reading your Bible. I mean, I cannot control you guys. I don't even I don't even have a way to see who my listeners are. I can see how many listeners I have, and I can see where in the country or in the world my listeners are listening, but I have no way of knowing who listens to this podcast and who doesn't. I don't even know if anybody that I know listens to this podcast. It might just be a bunch of random strangers, which whoever's listening, thank you. That means a lot. I have no way of knowing who's listening. I have no way of holding you guys accountable. It's only your decision. It's only your option. You could choose to turn off this podcast right now if you wanted to. You have a choice, guys. Are you going to be all in or all out? There's no lukewarm here. And I would much rather be on fire for God than be living cold and alone. Life with Jesus is so much more fun than life without him, guys. So much more enjoyable. I'm so much happier when I'm on fire for God than when I'm sitting at home doing nothing. Let's get on fire, guys. And if you don't have that fire and you don't have that passion, ask him for it. That's all you have to do. Ask and you will receive, guys. Ask God to give you a fire, to give you a passion for his heart. Ask him to give you his heart. Ask him to break your heart for what breaks his, guys. And he will. He follows through on his promises. He is a good God. He listens to us. He hears us. And he wants to know us. And he wants us to know him, guys. Start forging your relationship with God. Start working for a relationship with God. It will change everything. It'll change your life. It'll change the lives around you. It'll change your worldview and your perspective of your city, your country, your nation. So in this situation right now in the world, with everything going on with George Floyd, coronavirus, America versus Iran, Who knows what's next? How are you going to respond? Are you going to respond in anger, violence, sadness, 
depression, opinions, judgment. I don't have a right answer for you guys. I'm just an 18-year-old girl. <laughs> Soon to be 19, though. I have a birthday in a few days. For all I know, you guys listening to this podcast don't care about a word that I say. And I doesn't it doesn't really matter to me if you guys care or not, honestly. I just make this podcast if I can so that I can use it somehow, hopefully, to change something. But you guys have no reason to listen to me. You have no reason to respect me or believe me. And I don't want to force my opinions on any of you guys. So if you don't agree with me, don't agree with me. That's fine. I don't care. I probably don't even know you. But if I do, we can still be friends. I just want you guys to think. I want to give you guys something to think about. Please. Don't be silent just because you're uncomfortable. Your, your silence is an opinion, whether you realize it or not. By choosing not to make your opinions known, maybe you're accidentally choosing the side that you don't want to choose. I'm not typically a black and white type of person, but right now the world is very black and white to me. And as Christians, we cannot be gray. We cannot be gray in this black and white world. We need to be all white. Because when a dark room is completely dark and there's no light in it, if you put a muted light in that room, it's not going to light the room up as much as a completely uncovered, unhindered white light will make that room lighter. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah, sure, if we're gray and, you know, we are people pleasers and we're nice about our opinions, we might make things a little better. You know, we might represent Jesus halfway. We might, we might pe make people happier. But if we choose to be completely on the side of Jesus, unashamed that we are followers of Christ, unashamed that we are choosing to present Jesus in a respectable way. We can change the world, guys. We really can. And I'm the kind of person that doesn't usually like to bring politics into things because if I do, I realize that I have very strong opinions about them. But come on, guys, let's talk about abortion for a second. That's a black and white matter, but people like to make it a gray matter. It's not. It's black and white. You're either pro-choice or you're pro-life. I, for one, know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm pro-life. And that's not something that I'm lukewarm or gray about. It's time, guys.
No more people-pleasing. No more being silent. No more staying in our comfort zones. No more quiet, happy smiles. We can love people where they're at. Do it. Love people where they're at. But part of loving people where they're at is being willing to tell them the truth. So let's be truthful, guys. Put on your biblical worldview glasses and look at the world that, the way that Jesus would look at the world. I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> I really hope that you guys think about this. Be a critical thinker, guys. You don't need to agree with me. Nobody needs to agree with me. I don't care if anybody agrees with me. It doesn't matter. I I know my personal convictions. And I know the truth. But please, guys, if you're a Christian, don't be afraid. We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. Perfect love wipes out all fear. If you're in a situation where you're afraid or other people are afraid, bring Jesus' love into that situation. Love is the opposite of fear, guys. I know people say that love and hate are opposites, but actually love and fear are opposites. So bring love into those situations where fear is in control and the atmosphere will change. This has been episode 7 of my podcast, Adventures with Abigail. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. If you've made it this far, I really, really appreciate it. You guys have no idea how much it means to me. And I hope that I didn't just lose a bunch of listeners by making this episode. <laughs> and yeah, I hope you guys have a good rest of your day or your night. A peaceful and um, just love-filled day. And that you're able to choose what's right and have the courage to stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. Bye, guys.